This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the besotted Pride of West London podcast. And we're coming to you from a very chirpy part of West London because this part of West London is very, very happy because we are looking like we're going to maintain the West London mini league title because for the third time in a row, we've gone down to Stamford Bridge and we've beaten the old Chelsea. Third time in a row, we've beaten Chelsea and, and JP, as, as you know, who comes on this podcast, he's going to talk quite a lot about us playing Chelsea and scoring against Chelsea and beating Chelsea and all that kind of stuff. And I'm very happy. My name's Billy Grant. I'm sitting here in the virtual drawer with my man Laney, who's also quite chirpy, aren't you, Laney? You could not be, could you, really? You know, we, <laughs> we, we went we went along there uh, probably expecting, not the worst, but, you know, we, we expected them to kind of get their own back on us after after sort of taking the piss for the last couple of visits. And what did we do, Bill? Did it again, didn't we? You know, did it, it was, again. It, it, you know, it was it was a it was the perfect away performance as 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 a smaller club to go to a to a team like that who are, you know slightly slightly laden with quality and uh, spent a billion pounds famously. Um, you know, we, you do what you got to do to to compete, and we we more than did that. And you know, we we listen to what the fans saw, we listen to what we thought, and what was just a, another legendary away day in the Premier League for for Brentford. It was just it was just the, the euphoria at the end of it was you know was just off the scale it was definitely off the scale i mean not everybody's happy about brentford beating chelsea as well i mean there's some people going out there that they're they're, they're, they're a little bit begrupt about about brentford beating chelsea about the way that we're going about our victories and we'll probably talk about that in a little bit as well because that's a little bit peculiar um but maybe that's where the world that we've entered into the world of sort of the big team the world of the expectation the world that you know everyone is like barcelona and everyone has to spend like barcelona and play like barcelona and that's the only way that they can that anyone can play football but like i said we'll come on to that but we'll you know just 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 talking about the day i mean laney i mean the day itself uh, it's really weird because we'll talk about the chelsea game in a little bit like i said but going to west london going to chelsea 
we got look, we're going to put our hands up it's it's never it's not the best away day it's one of the sort of almost like very few inverse kick football out of football where you try as hard as you can do before and after the game to do what you can do in and around Chelsea it's pretty rubbish but on the pitch itself is actually quite good so you want to actually kick football in football at Chelsea didn't you yeah, yeah it's, I mean, it's a weird one. It's, it's weird for, for Chelsea fans themselves, you know. We all know Chelsea fans, and we know Chelsea fans that always claim they've been going since, you know, 18... Well, not 18, they weren't formed until 1905, but they, a lot of them think they've been going since they were shit. Um, and the pubs around there are just it's members only. You, you can't get in. Um, so you've got, to, you've got to literally have a pint miles away. And with the 12.30 kickoff, it just made it pretty much, not impossible, but it, it made it pretty difficult. So it was all about celebrating afterwards. And we were like, what do we do? Don't want to plan too much. Don't want to take too much for granted. But it, there were celebrations, I have to say, afterwards. And it was it was a really excellent one. And to, 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 to be kind of like in, uh, in very happy mood um, and looking at your watch thinking, oh God, it's only half past five still. And uh, it, was, it, it, made for a, it made for a great afternoon and evening watching the other results come in, knowing that you've got your three points in the bag. So, yeah, we moan a lot about early kickoffs, rightly so, because um, they can't, you know, it, it is, you know, it is an antisocial thing. But if you've guaranteed your points, it's just really nice just sitting there basking in the kind of like euphoria, as I said, of like uh, winning a, a major match like that and watching everyone else going through the, the, the rinser so yeah it was good I, I, I just uh, it will always stay with me just those kind of like walking out of the ground and seeing it all those Brentford fans with just huge smiles on their faces you know it's uh, you, you can't tire of that yeah, definitely. I mean, let's just come back to this um, because, like I said to you, lots of euphoria flowing around. But then all of a sudden, there's a rather strange sort of radio interview happened a few days ago. Um, Andy Jacobs, as you know him, he's on Talk Sport, um, um, the Hawksby and Jacobs show. And uh, Andy Jacobs, he is a Chelsea fan, but also he's one of these people. And there's many people that did it. And this isn't fair enough, you know, that they bought a Brentford season ticket you know, as well, you know, to sort of kind of sort of do the double up. I mean, I think it's probably quite strange being a Chelsea fan and getting a Brentford season ticket because it's like, mm, shouldn't you be going to Chelsea? You're like, well, are you going to go to Brentford when Chelsea are away? Okay, fair enough. Um, you know, it's normally sort of a thing that's done, I know, with Tottenham fans who are on the other side of London or maybe kind of Liverpool fans who live locally, stuff like that. So I kind of know that. But listen, fair play to him. He, he's, like I said to you, he has uh, got himself a Brentford season ticket. So he is uh, a Brentford fan. Or is he? is the question that one could ask because on the radio show um, a couple of days ago, he started moaning, um, moaning in particular after Brentford had beaten Chelsea. And he started moaning about our style of football, thought that we'd be tedious, thought that Thomas Frank is just kind of like, you know, basically without saying it, sort of saying that he's kind of useless and, and it's kind of horrible. It kind of reminded me of the conversations that people used to have about, um, say, Sean Dyche. Uh, or maybe a, a Wimbledon back in the day. You know, it's sort of kind of anti-football. Um, these teams that used to beat these teams that technically they shouldn't be beating because they're smaller teams, but they're going out there and they don't know how to beat them. So the only way that they know how to deal with them is just by berating them and saying what you're doing is wrong. And to me, um, that's what it sounded like, what Andy Jacobs was saying. Um, and I thought it was really, really quite peculiar because it was almost sort of slightly elitist and for somebody who has got a Brentford season ticket and watching us, it's caused a little bit of a stir, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. And I mean, I, th I think the, the the real ridiculous point of his rant was that he hoped 
West Ham would beat us at the weekend to almost like as punishment for 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 out-tacticking Chelsea. And and, and and I hear you saying, I'll tell you something, I mean, we can talk about this for a bit, but I think maybe what we'll do is we'll go over to have a little listen to what Andy had to say, and then everyone will get an idea about what it's about. Then we can come back and chat about it. I mean, that stat about Brentford have won more games at the bridge than Chelsea since March wow. is amusing, embarrassing and painful in equal measures. Mm. I mean, two wins in 21, I worked this out, two wins in 21, that's like going, take out the two wins, that's 19 winless games. Yeah. So we are, remember Arsenal in 2004, well, we're the uninvincibles. Right. And I can imagine Jim in about 10 years' time, he's got Conor Gallagher on the show and he's saying, and here he is, former Chelsea, uninvincible Conor Gallagher. <laughs> Honestly, Villa have won 12 in a row in a home. I worked it out. That's 12 seasons worth, worth for us at the current rate. Right. We'd have at to go 12 rate. seasons to get that many wins. Wow. It's just, uh, I mean, I hate the way Brentford play against the They're big They're your clubs. second club. No. Uh, I, I've started thinking... You're going to give up your season ticket? No, no, but I started thinking... I go so mad, I started thinking, oh, God, I hope West Ham win next week when I'm there. I'll have to stop myself celebrating <laughs> when they score. It just, it's effective, but it's so tedious if everybody played football the way thomas frank does no one would ever go to football they would you it's say so that boring remember, you've said that about half a dozen clubs over the years it when they've so beaten chelsea boring it's so tedious yeah. <laughs> and they, they should never have got away with it chelsea should have been three nil up i know you, know you had this you is know, the thing this Andy. is the problem so they get away with this terrible tedious football i mean even he said oh you know he said chelsea are going to be good in two years oh yeah frank's for nothing jason cundy said to me i've seen this game 20 30 times we all have we're all sick of it. It's absolute. It's the same game over and over and over again. Terrible teams park the bus, can't break them down. Then we concede and we lose the game and we give up after that. You know, it's just. I got to the point where I just don't think I can go anymore. I don't think I can watch the telly or the highlight. I've just until we sign a striker, I just can't see the point of wasting my life because that's what it feels like. So there you go, Andy Jacobs from Talk Sport, who has got a Brentford season ticket. He's a Chelsea fan. He's obviously not happy that Brentford have beaten Chelsea yet again. Um, and he's so unhappy about it that he wants Brentford to lose when he's at the game, sitting in our seats. Now, this has caused all sorts of malarkey, though, hasn't it? There's lots of, I mean, there's been, there's been, you know, people, lots of comments, you know, Griffin Park Grapevine on Facebook, on Instagram, on, on, on Twitter, everywhere. People have been talking about this. Um, and it's interesting. I mean, I've sat back a little bit because for me, my my personal feeling is I'm thinking, listen, everyone's allowed to have their opinion. Of course, they are allowed to have their opinion and they could say what they feel. But to me, it's that you've got to look about what is, you know, what is the bigger picture here about this scenario? Is he unhappy because we've beaten Chelsea? Is he unhappy that we, 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 we've we got smaller budgets than him and, and he feels embarrassed about it? If he's got a season ticket at Brentford and he doesn't like our style of football, um, it, surely you just don't turn up. Surely you just give that season ticket back to somebody else you know it's it's really bizarre how you feel that you need to come to our ground but then you don't like the football that we play and then you just end up slagging it off because we've beaten your team we've spent a million pounds on players billion um yeah, billion, I, yeah. I, I think the rant it, it just lacked intelligence and integrity and it's that's that's what kind of like you would expect someone is you know he's a he's a 76 year old you know radio uh 
pundit who's who's you know he's like he's been on the radio for you know 25 years probably um i just i just think he should know better i mean what do you expect from from brentford you know you you can't expect us to go toe to toe with with chelsea um for 90 minutes it, it would be naive we, we, not, we have not yet that. anyway not yet not yet well, maybe in three years time if we're but, still in the league yeah, no but but we've done that as well i mean we, we uh, in the home games we we really attacked them we've gone at them we haven't we haven't sat back and just picked them off you know in the home games where we should have got we should have beaten them nil nil draw at our place last year the first season we were up we lost one nil to them but we absolutely battered them we played them off the park you know so we, we are capable of that bill you know and and also you know more importantly equally you know jose Mourinho, he delivered success there and he played that way he parked the bus he did what he had to do to get success and to get results at in 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 situations where he knew his back was going to be right against the wall so you have to do the intelligent coaching thing and you know to his credit thomas frank is intelligent enough to know that and his players are well to, to, to feel that comfortable without the ball against a team like Chelsea, it shows an immense amount of balls. And I, I, it, yes, of course, it was nervy, but after a while, you knew what was going to happen. Yeah, I mean, and, and just coming back to it, I mean, you, 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 okay, Jacobs is on Talk Sport. You know, he talks mainly football on a, on a sports show. But again, you sort of sit down and you listen to what they're saying. You're thinking, but do you actually really know anything about football? Or do all everything that you know about is like higher level Premier League stuff, right? Because the fact is that the, the one thing I love about being a Brentford fan is that you've been through the mill. You've gone from, you know, fourth division all the way through to Premier League. Also, I watch a lot of non-league and you're really rounded in your football view. And the fact is that you've seen how things work in all the different leagues. You've seen how teams like Chelsea, not Chelsea, how Leeds come down to, you know, the lower leagues from the higher leagues and then they struggle. How Aston Villa came down and they struggled. How all these teams come down there rolling their shoulders, thinking that they're bigger than you and they really, really struggle. Also, you see like other teams when they go up, teams who have actually smashed the league in the championship, smashed it, smashed it to smithereens, get promoted, teams like Norwich, and all of a sudden, bang, they come straight down again. And the reason why, they haven't learned to adapt. Now, this the thing about it is if you're a football person, you should know that teams have to learn how to adapt that's how they're going to survive and Brentford have obviously learnt this we've adapted we're not playing the same style of football we were playing in the championship we were playing you know free-flowing football at a time in the championship not getting out of it when we changed our styles slightly then we got out of the championship as well so what happens is that if you've seen teams that's the teams that survive that is what they do and on just training as well is Mr. Jacobs, so are you, are you saying that Brighton, who everyone's purring at, mo- at the moment now, have always played a particular style of football? You know, all these teams have kind of risen themselves up the championship. Aston Villa, everyone's purring about them at the moment now, but their first season in the cha- in the Premier League, they should have gone out. It was only because of Hawkeye that failed to, to operate, right? And that the decision wasn't given, I think it was against Sheffield United, that they actually stayed up. If, that, if, that, if, if the watch had gone off, like they would have been relegated. No one would be talking about them now. So Jacobs, man, he needs to actually, you know, sit back a little bit and actually learn a little bit about football and how it's played. Brentford may play like this now. Tell you something, it's still as wicked because we smashed up the Chelsea, but we may not play like that in three or four years time when we've got another, what, 450, 500 million pounds in the bank, which enables us to actually change the playing staff that we've got. So this is what confuses me about these people, these so-called experts that sit on the radio. 
Well, you know, if he's got a season ticket, he'll he'll know how we play at home, and, it, and it's very different to how we played at Chelsea. It, it, the the Burnley game was was it was was really different. You know, we we went at them in waves, and we we should have won by a lot more than three. And it's the same most weeks. Of course, it dips now and again. Of course, it does. But you know, you you just have to beat what's in front of you or find a way of doing that. And you look at our away record this year. You know, we lost at Old Trafford. We should have got something out of that. We lost at St James's Park. Should have got something out of that. Went to Chelsea. Got what we deserved out of that. Man United, and yeah. Man United, you know. So, so we we've done we've done really well. And Thomas Frank, you know, if you if you think what happened on Saturday is a reason to berate him, it's the it, any, anyone with a an, an ounce of intelligence will know it's the opposite of that. He's he's delivering success with a team that is. You know, worth fraction of of that Chelsea team. It 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 is it is a sign of a, a very good, intelligent coach. And you know, if he doesn't, if if he wants if he wants West Ham to win on Saturday, he shouldn't come um, because we can do without people like that there. And it's water, so a lot of it is water for ducks back. You know what I mean? You know, it, it's one one clickbait jock trying to drum up a, you know some some social media comment and, and 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 follows and what and what have you, and probably to bait the Brentford fans um, but I, I just think you know to sit amongst bees is is, uh, is is asking for trouble I mean I you know there's a um, um, we, we've got a, um, a, a um, an article that's gone up on Besotted today from Lewis Holmes who's kind of asked you know not asked he's, it's not a request it's just kind of like his take on the situation it's kind of like bees stay classy and um, have, have some laughs with the guy but um, you know it, it's, it's that's really worth a read but uh, you know Andy Jacobs I'd, I'd say for, for rightly you're, you're not welcome on Saturday so uh, <laughs> go, go, go and give your season ticket to charity and make, make let, let some good come out of something if you don't enjoy coming to Brentford don't you know yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's just don't you know and don't, don't and don't slag us off for doing what we need to survive just go to Chelsea home and away um and wallow in your rubbishness yeah that's, that's right and just quickly what ladies talking about there is that obviously there's unhappiness from people from Brentford fans and what he said so there's a lot of comments flowing around but there's even been a petition being signed actually I think it might be a change the hall petition like you know what I'm saying you know basically sort of kind of you know, taking his season to get away should he be banned from New Griffin Park and uh, I mean when I saw that I thought maybe chuckled a little bit then I thought that's a little bit Leeds because that's what Leeds did when uh, when we got the penalty against them and they weren't happy with the referee so they actually had this petition and it was signed by sort of tens of thousands because obviously you know Leeds would always sign more um, so it's sent by tens of thousands of people to basically have the referee barred or banned from football because he gave a, a penalty against us so I thought that's a little, we don't want to go down the Leeds route actually we, we can't go down the Leeds route so I think you know as Lewis uh, Sherlock Holmes said actually you know stay classy Brentford fans actually we can berate him we can actually pull him up on what he's saying we can actually point out the fact that his team has spent a billion pounds and they can't even beat little old Brentford we could do all those things like him which we can get back at him but we don't need to sort of swing them heavy punches at him because we don't need to because we're already ahead of the game with him anyway but anyway Listen, lady, we're going to move forward because we had a game at the weekend against... Hmm, hold on a second. Who was it against? Uh, mm. Oh, yeah. It was against Chelsea, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Andy um, it's Andy Jacobs' team, isn't it? Yeah, I think we'll take a go and have a listen to people enjoying themselves, don't you? I think we're going to have listen to people having a right laugh after the game at Chelsea. 
Pride, Pride of West London podcast. And as you can hear, West London is ours, as you can hear. We are at Stamford Bridge. The final score. Chelsea nil. Brentford 2. And I'm not going to repeat that for you. Chelsea nil. Brentford 2. And this was an absolute masterclass in soaking up a bit of ticker-tacker, 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 ticker-tacker. While not doing very much. And then hitting them with a sucker punch. Absolutely brilliant. Brilliant. I'll tell you something. We're here. 3,000 Brentford fans absolutely enjoying every minute of the post-match of this game. The Brentford players coming over and giving it large to the fans, punching, fisting, the full Monty, whatever else they're going to do. There we go. Rob the kit man. Weesa, everybody up there giving the way, way. We have been There we go. Way, way. Break the tank on Yaka as well. He's doing it. There we go. Thomas Frank. Thomas Frank. Thomas Frank. Hey, 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 hey. Brilliant. That's brilliant. I'll tell you something. Can we play them every week? We want to play Chelsea every week. We want to play them every day. Because at the end of the day, they can't, they're scared of us. They can't handle us. They had no idea what was going on. This is absolutely brilliant. Brilliant. We are the mighty bees. Listen to the crowd. I'm not even going to talk to anyone. You just listen to this. This is what it's all about. This is what it's all about. Listen, you may have not realised when Brentford are going to come to the league, what we're going to do. But we're going to come here and we're going to never give up. We're going to never give up. And sometimes we're going to take the piss. And today, we took the piss. We took the piss out of Chelsea. And they're not very happy with us at all. Their fans are gone. There's a fire drill. There's an enormous fire drill going on in this stadium here now. But we love fire drills when the opposition do it. What a result, eh? Excellent result. Best team in London, by far. That's by far, by far, by far. Tell me something. Talk to me about this game. Tell me about this game. Absolutely brilliant. Great performance for all the players were amazing. Loved every moment. Listen, when you came into this game, were you were you a bit nervous? Do you think, hold on a second, we might not get a result here tonight? Yeah, I thought we were gonna lose, I can't lie. But what did you but, but when the game was played, what do you think? Did you change? Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. The second half um changed a lot and uh, we definitely improved. A lot of confidence in that side, isn't it? Yeah. Also they forgot that we are the mighty mighty bees! And you cannot take on bees when they're so mighty, can you? No. Absolutely. We're by far the greatest team that the world has ever seen. We're by far the greatest team the world has ever seen. Tell me, aren't we? Oh, mate, absolutely buzzing, mate. That was superb. I thought we, uh, that was a perfect away performance. And I've missed the last two Chelsea away games. Oh, and I thought I'd miss my chance to see us win here. So I'm absolutely buzzing. That was superb, mate. We are back. You know, we soaked it up. The tactics were brilliant. I think Thomas Frank, he out-tacticked Pochettino. They, they, you know, for all their possession in the first half and they created a few chances, but the game plan was just so spot on, Bill. It was just, it was, you know, it was about keeping in the game and then we knew that we would create chances eventually and, and we did. You know. Too passive in the first half, second half more, more proactive, more positive and much better. Great team effort today. Can't pick a man of the match apart from maybe Pinnock. No, they look like a team with no confidence and we look like a team that's rediscovered. Ours played really well today, I thought, really happy. Obviously, all three times they've been poor, but I thought this was this was their best performance out of the three. 
Um, <laughs> and, of course, and of course, it can't be a last minute goal. Right at the end, when the six minutes go up, everybody behind me saying, oh no, it's Old Trafford again. And I'm saying, look, lads, don't mention Man U, don't mention Man U. We, we, we've, we've got this game. In the first half, we neutralised players like Moises Caicedo. They're, 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 they're big buys. And, um, and, and, you know, Chelsea are, are forced to replace on paper good, good players. So the emotions in the, in, in the first half, yes, the nerves. But once we got to half time and we thought we haven't conceded and I think we, we, we've got we've got a very very good chance. Stanford Bridge is ours? Yes. Ours, absolutely. Always is, always will be. You bees! You bees! <laughs> so there you go, after the game at Chelsea. I tell you something, that was so much fun. Just recording that post. every now and again doing a poach match postcards, it's so much fun. Pride of West.London, you'll be able to check the whole thing out. Check it out. Check it out. There's a lot of monologuing going on. There's lots of just basically lapping it up, enjoying the scenario, enjoying the situation, enjoying Thomas Frank giving punches to the crowd, and then the players coming up one by one, giving punches to the crowd, like you know what I'm saying, the Beast fans behind the goal. All the Chelsea fans had left by that stage, but we weren't going nowhere. You know what I'm saying? As we said, we got our tents pulled out for next season. We're gonna stay there for the rest of the the, the year because Brentford run that place we own that place like you know what I'm saying Stamford Bridge but you 100% just check it out London, the post-match Chelsea podcast it is absolutely brilliant and even the Chelsea fans on there as you've heard the Chelsea fans on there not happy at all um, they sounded like they were going to do something not good to themselves so you know what I'm saying so uh, hopefully they would have got over it the weekend but um, listen Andy Jacobs, we talked about him, but the reality is he's miserable because he's a Chelsea fan, even though he's got a Brentford season ticket. That, hearing what the fans had to say afterwards, Laney, that really does kind of sum up how much this means, doesn't it? Yeah, well, let's, let's focus on the positives because there, there were there were so many. You know, it, it, it's if you come away from that game with the uh, you know with that with the same performance and, and lost, you, you probably do feel different. The actual winning of it. It, it makes so much difference, you know. It, 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 we, I remember going up to Old Trafford last season, and we put in—I wouldn't say it wasn't dissimilar, but we kind of, you know, low block everyone behind the ball, let them keep possession, let them have, you know, build up to a certain point and keep it, keep a, you know, a really good line at the back. Don't make mistakes. Get your tackles in. Um, ride your luck a little bit at times. And then hit hit on the break, and you know we came away with a defeat then. And there was there was there was quite a lot of grief afterwards. You know how how do you expect to you know win a game if you don't try and win a game? Or how do you expect to get something out of the game if you kind of like don't try and attack? And so those 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 kind of performances can can get you beaten, and you know you you look unadventurous. And we found that in the first half, didn't we? You know it it, it was a hard watch. Um, we we made a lot of not not mistakes as such, but we, we just couldn't keep the ball. We couldn't keep possession. There was no one up top to to you know the Ivan Tony kind of player to, to lump it up, and there was no hold up at all. So it was like wave after wave of, of attack, and they score at that stage, or they score two at that stage, and it's a very it's a very different afternoon. But there was supreme confidence that that wasn't going to happen, and it was one of those afternoons where you know we we were able to. Um, just like be like a bit of a sponge, um, you know. I didn't read. I mean, the, there was a, it was a couple of chances. Obviously, they they should have done better at. Um, and it, but getting to half time was the be all and end all. Getting it, getting that, getting to half time, uh, either a nil nil or or ahead. Um, but we had we had chances as well in that first half. And you know, 
I at half time I actually started to think right this I got a feeling this could be one of our afternoons I didn't say it I'm, I'm quite I'm quite superstitious in sort of speaking out loud now because these things do come back and bite you in the arse but the more the more the game wore on it was clear that there was frustration in the Chelsea side and the fans it was it was a library I mean it really was football in a library was one of the songs that was sung and it and it and it's watching that I mean it's it's you know you know, the on match of the day, there was a panning away and seeing, you know, young Chelsea fans kind of bewildered by by what was going on, and uh, it was, it, you know, so when we went one up, you, you get either you get a reaction from Chelsea, um, and you've rattled the Hornets' cage and um, Hornets' nest, and they come at you in waves, or you you kind of get confident that you you can hold out, and I I just thought each five minutes that went past I mean there's a lot of clock watching going on from me each five minutes went past I thought mm, there's a chance here that you know we're going to get something even better and then there was a couple of breakaways obviously wasn't there there was the you know the Yanelp miss there was the um, there was the um, Yarmolek miss um, and then there obviously then there was the the goal um, which almost was a miss, and I, I think you know Neil Morpay's come under quite a lot of criticism as well for you know a being caught by the goalkeeper, you know how uh, Sanchez almost reeled him in was you know, but I, I just think, I just think it was a bit I don't I don't know what's going through his head at that stage. He hasn't got to explain it to me, but uh, you know on yeah, um, 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 and Bumo was right alongside him and was able to to to, to finish the finish the move off. So um, an assist. And another goal by Brian and Bumo, and you know, think last week we were we were we were worried about not worried about we 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 raised the concern that there were certain Brentford fans that were saying that Brian and Bumo was rubbish. So you know, <laughs> you, you you have to you have to question the intelligence of of a lot of people sometimes. It's you know, and you have to yeah, he's 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 on he's on great form. You know, he's, he's, <laughs> we we spoken about that a lot already. You know, he, he isn't a lot of players, but he's he's still learning. Um, there was a report on Sunday saying Brian and Bumo, you know, the new Mo Salah. Uh, um, that's 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 clearly he's, he's moving into that kind of territory. So uh, yeah, so I just thought the performance on 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 Saturday morning was it was at times hard to watch, but the the the, the structure and the confidence of the team and biding your time and being confident of being able to make big chances. That all panned out, so I'm very proud of, of what I saw. Yeah, and and it's interesting you talk about you know um, trying that the key was trying to make it n- nil all to half time. I mean, as you know, Laney. I mean, I was I was actually still stuck in St Albans at quarter to twelve on uh, on Saturday morning with a twelve thirty kickoff. Uh, I was there um, poaching my Barnet Panthers game, as you know, and I gave them a, I gave them a talk at the beginning of the game. I didn't tell them why. I said to them, right, you have to be three nil up at half time because I thought if they're three nil up, I'm going to I'm going to do a run out and leave somebody else to run the team. And they were one nil up at half time. I was like, oh, no. I know, I'm saying, and then it's halfway through the second half. St. <laughs> so Albans equalised. I was like, oh no. And so I had to stay till the very end. So at the very end, like the final whistle went and they came over for the old post-match team talk and all they saw me is legging it down the touchline. Like I was saying, just literally legging 
taking it down the street and uh, I got a cat te- uh, I got a ride to the station I literally like sort of spider-man flew onto the train literally as the doors were closing got into London the train was delayed uh, I got myself lost through the park and I was listening to the game on the radio through the park and all I can hear is like the Chelsea I could hear the roars I could see Stamford Bridge there and I was stuck at the park behind there like didn't know where I was going I could hear the roar and this that the other oh and I think there's a penalty corner and stuff like that and I was going please 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 stay at half time please stay at half time and when I got in there at half time or not half time I got there about 10 minutes before the end of the first half Bees fans said oh you're all right Bill oh we're doing all right aren't we I'm like I don't know I haven't seen any other game they said don't worry you haven't missed much so I felt much more comfortable and the reason why I had to go is because I didn't go to Man United and I felt really guilty I didn't go to Man United we were 1-0 up until extra time and then Man United scored two goals I thought I've got to go to Chelsea because if I don't it's going to be all my fault but um, yeah so that was good so like I said to you getting them two goals in the second half for me was super celebration Um, and also interesting as well you talked about Yarmuluk who we got from Ukraine. Now, if you remember rightly, we, obviously we were in for Mudrik, who didn't play in that Chelsea game, but Mudrik's cost Chelsea about, you know, three trillion pounds or whatever ridiculous money that they spent for him. But we were, as people may or may not know, if this Chelsea fans listen to that, we were the first team to, to look at Mudrik a long, long time ago. We bid for him. I think it started at eight and then it crept up to 12 and they kept on pushing the barriers higher and higher and it went to 15 and we didn't go for 15 and we came in later for him, but they kept on pushing the barriers higher. You know, the war came, and the, and the bidding stopped and then it started up again and we thought we'd get him and then by that stage Arsenal had come in and then Chelsea had come in now the interesting thing is that by that stage when other people had come in that's when Brentford step out maybe that's the time that and you know Andy Jacobs thinks that Brentford should continue because he obviously thinks we're like all these other bigger teams but no Andy that's not what we do like you know what I'm saying we get in there early we get these players early like Ivan Tony, who you know we buy for 5 million and Chelsea will probably end up buying for 100 million you know what I'm saying that's kind of what we do so we pulled out from that and we bought Yarmuluk as well. And we bought him for a fraction of the price that we would have even paid for Madrid. I think, I'm not sure even how much he was. I think he might have been 5 million or 3 million or something really small. And but what my contact in, in the Ukraine said to me, he is like potentially like uh, Madrid, but potentially even better. He's younger and he's going to need much more development time. But he says, potentially, this is a this this guy's a real deal. He's a very good player. So we've I think we've had him for about 18 months now where we're developing him. And it's going to be interesting where he goes and the projectile that he goes on compared to Mudrick because he started to kind of put his head above the parapet, isn't he, Laney? Yeah, he has. Um, the last couple of games, he's, he's been given decent game time and uh, the, the, the coaches and, and, and Thomas Frank must be very confident that he's going to get more and more as the, as the season progresses. Uh, you know, we're, we're light on um on 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 heads and we're light on players you know because of our um injury crisis well it is not yeah i guess it is a bit of a crisis uh, anything that involves rico henry not being available i call, I call a crisis um and so it's important that the, the the players that are kind of on the periphery of that first team when they get a chance and where they're called upon they perform and, and he's done that you know he, he could have had a goal he should have had a goal saturday um, and he could have had a goal um, against Burnley as well. So, getting himself in good goal-scoring positions is, is you know, from from a midfield position is what we're expecting from him. Um, and I, I'm looking forward to seeing more of him. You know, it's it's, it's great when you get you know someone um, like Yanel that's has been plucked from you know from from obscurity, and then they they start performing um, at the very highest level. So yeah, I'm very impressed with him, mate. And I mean. I mean, I mean, listen, elephant in the room now. When you talk about should have scored a goal, 
let's talk about that Malpay situation. Now, from where it was, we saw the corner come. We saw the goalkeeper come up. We saw the goalkeeper go, oh, no, as, <laughs> as the Bradford Bay got it up there. Malpay started to run with the ball. We saw the goalkeeper running back. Now, to us, where we were, I thought that Malpay, okay, the goalkeeper caught up with him, but I thought he did a little slip over to, to Mbumo. But um, a lot of people say, no, no, it wasn't a slip over. He got caught in the goalkeeper's legs, and then it kind of, Mbumo kind of mopped up for him. Now, I've watched it back a few times, and it doesn't seem that way to me, does it to you, Lainey? It's a tough one because, he, 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 I mean, from, from my perspective, he should have, you know, he should have shot a little, he should have shot as the keeper catches him so I don't think he's expecting anyone to to be coming from behind him and it's not I don't think it's a good look for a striker to be looking over your shoulder looking like you're panicking I think he he thought he was just clean through on goal and then the second he realised that the keeper was there and could have either fouled him which he was he would have been sent off for or um, you know heaven forbid cleared the ball away which would have been really bad if you've got, you've got two players chasing down on goal with it should be an open goal um, you know the extra on that chance shows that it was even more than a penalty so it was it was such a big chance uh yeah it, it, it was it was it was unfortunate i'd say for more because he deserved to get on the score sheet i think um but you know thankfully you know it didn't really matter it doesn't it doesn't really matter to be honest you know i'm not sure he gets an assist for it though which is a bit bonkers because i think i think the goalkeeper actually gets the touch that goes to uh to brian so um yeah, I, I was just happy the ball went in, and I, I think Morpay's goal is, uh, is is coming, and I think you know I think West Ham will uh, will, will will reap the uh, the Morpay. Um, you know, he he'll, he will get his goal on Saturday, I'm sure. He will as well. And just to come back to as well, um, again, I mean, so many things, positive things to talk about this game as well. Ethan Pinnock as well uh, scored a great goal. I mean, it's, this is a great goal, you know, typical goal, cut back to the line, across the goal. And there you go at the far post. You've got Ethan Pinnock, bang, in the back of the net. I mean, there's euphoria when that, you know, when that ball went in the back of the net as well. But also great for Ethan Pinnock, who had a great game, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He was he was superb. Um, he was he was the same up at Old Trafford as well. You know, a lot of people said, and a lot of you know Brentford fans agree that he didn't deserve to be on the losing team that day, uh, and he certainly didn't uh, on Saturday at Stamford Bridge either. Apart from one little moment where he kind of he thought he gave with he did give the ball away in the penalty area. Um, and but he made amends, and it just he, his positioning and his, his strength is just is just brilliant. You know, he, he it's not coincidence that when you're behind every single cross into the area, it's no coincidence that you're there when when you know to mop up every single time. It's it's it's, a, it's his his positional play um, is, is just is just excellent. So you know, other people surely looking at him. Um, you know, he, those those quality defenders again. They're they're very very hard to find. We we've certainly unearthed one there, Bill. Yeah, and definitely. And 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 like I said, the besotted global player of the match, which is voted for by uh, Brentford fans as well. Uh, number one was Ethan Pinnock. Of course, he got the player of the match. Norgard got number two and then Bumo got number three. That's Pinnock's second man of the match in three games as well. And the third player to have two man of the match appearances so far this season. Thank you to the Tasmanian B out there in Tasmania for putting together that every week for us as well. And he could be totting up so that we'll know actually who is the player of the season at the end of the day. So thanks for that as well. But um, just coming back to that match as well, tell you who was, <laughs> who enjoyed himself. And I had, I had a little chat with him as well. JB. 
JB really enjoyed himself at Chelsea so much that JB has sat in front of his fax and funk computer and he's come up with all sorts of paraphernalia for this <laughs> podcast here. <laughs> Cards, assistant managers, clean sheets, he's, you know, Wheat Chief Park, he's thrown it all here into the pot. So let's just check out JB to find out what his facts and funk are for this week. Jonathan Virgil here again. So it's another trip home from Stamford Bridge with all three points. But even before Saturday, it's always been a ground where we've had a degree of league success. In our seven previous league games there, we've had three wins, never had a draw, and although we lost four games back in the 30s and 40s, we've never failed to score in any of our visits there. Prior to this season, it's a striking fact that we scored 14 goals in those seven trips to Chelsea, yet only scored a total of five goals in the corresponding home fixture. Saturday was a very unusual game for cards. There was a red card for Chelsea's assistant manager, a yellow for Morpai 20 minutes before he officially entered the field of play, and one for Norgard while the ball was not in play as the referee was waiting for the VAR decision to confirm Brian's goal. With our first three league wins of the season all having clean sheets, that's a new record for our eight top-tier seasons. Three clean sheets after ten is exactly par for all our Premier League seasons. Ethan Pinnock became our first defender to score this season, game ten being the latest so far in our Premier League history, but way off season 2019-20 when it wasn't until game 23 that Henrik Dalsgaard was the first defender to score. Away from the first team, this week's Easer B team played their first game at Wheatsheaf Park with supporters, the former home of Staines Town. And also this weekend, it's the first round of the FA Cup. It's now 10 years since we last entered the competition at that stage. Our last match was in November 2013 at Griffin Park as we beat Staines Town 5-0, who were managed by our former player and now club ambassador, Marcus Gale. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So there you go, JP. Let's, yeah, let's keep going. Let's just keep talking Chelsea because this is the thing, lady. When we, when we get a bit of a battering, like there's some games where literally we think, 
we've got nothing to talk about here and we don't want to talk about it and there's some podcasts where our intro is so long because we actually don't want to talk about the game because we've been so poor but um this game we were brilliant you know or we we did the business you know so there's there's plenty more to talk about um cards lady there was quite a few cards in here i mean mm. when, when their assistant manager got a card that was uh that was quite peculiar wasn't it they got red, didn't they? Yeah, well, you know, you're, you're right when you say that, but it's not often we don't want to talk about the game. It's, it, is, it is few and far between that the team kind of really, really are just awful. But, uh, yeah, the, the card situation was, was, was... I didn't quite see what was going on. I, I think... I don't, I don't think he, he thought the ball was given back quite quickly enough, but that's not an issue anymore because there's balls everywhere, you know. It, it's, it's just like... If a ball doesn't go come become available quickly enough a ball boy is there to, to chuck another ball into play that's, that's the system we're working to so he's obviously very very stressy on that Chelsea bench yeah. uh, and Morpay's shithousery was 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 excellent I'm glad I'm glad they picked up on that on match of the day explain because some people might not know what you're talking about what happened so I'm sure everyone does but yes I, I, it is right to explain so he was warming up on the on the touchline which is very tight to the to the to the stand and uh, so he's kind of technically on the pitch, which you know, all all of the home subs and all of the away subs they kind of have to kind of you know skip up and down very close to that touchline. And they were Chelsea were about to take a free kick into uh, the Brentford penalty area, and Morpé was skipping past, and he pretended not to see, well, pretended not to be aware of what he was doing, and he nudged the ball ever so slightly which really, really, really fucked off the, the Chelsea player. <laughs> um, and we saw, we saw it and we kind of laughed and, you know, he got, he, got a, he got a yellow card like 20 minutes before he actually came on. And I looked over and Thomas Frank literally had his head in his hands at that point. And it was a, it was a stupid thing to do, to be honest. I mean, the killjoy in me is that, you know, Thomas is obviously thinking of bringing him on and he might need to take a yellow at some stage and he can't do that because it's a red and then we miss him you know down the line we need him so you know it was actually a stupid thing to do um so but, but it was very malpay but it, it was it was more than very malpay yeah it was the most malpay um and you know uh, it yeah it could have backfired though so i i i'm glad he did it looking back but at the time i just thought that could really come back and bite us, you know. You, that that could have been the difference between, you know, a, a, a win and a point at that stage, or a, or a point and a defeat. Because, you know, you 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 need you need everyone being able to put every single tap challenge in, like at full speed, not being worried whether they're going to pick up another yellow. So, you know, but yeah. So and Norgard got booked as well, if I remember, like during the VAR check, which I don't. I don't know, you know, that should be, I don't know what he said, I don't know what he said, but it was just, uh, it was a strange one, three very strange bookings. Yeah, yeah, and 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 again, it's I love the way that you know JP brings it all round as well. I mean, he, he doesn't only get facts and bunks, but he also rounds it up so it kind of makes sense. And he and he talked about the fact that you know it's the the, the first round of the FA Cup this weekend. He talked about you know Brentford playing at uh, at Stainstown as well. So he got Brentford playing at Stainstown with a B team, which he went to as well. Just just briefly, Laney, that was uh, that was interesting because obviously it's almost like a takeover. It's like our new ground for the B team, wasn't it? 
Yeah, it's uh, Wheat Sheaf Park. It used to be called Wheat Sheaf Lane, I believe. Um, Stains Town's old ground, uh, which we now play our B game B games at. Uh, so it was the first game that the first game that fans were allowed in. Um, I think they sold like 1,100, 1,200 tickets. Um, I think it, it, I don't think it was it was less than a thousand there, but only only a little bit less than a thousand because it was it was a terribly rainy night, um, and the kids packs of children doing trick or treating around there as well, which uh, um, which was a bit odd. Um, and but yeah, it was a bit of a horror first show as well. To be fair, I mean Brentford two 0 down against Strasbourg came back to win three two, but the facility you know which is more important really you know. Um, it, it was really, really impressive. You know, is a is a you know is a like a souvenir, not a souvenir. There's like a merchandise shop there. There's a big like catering unit, um, um, computerized turnstiles. You know, it it was it was. I wouldn't say well. It was it was more. I'm not going to compare it to Griffin Park because it's, you know, Griffin Park's so special to us, but it wasn't a million miles away from some of those awful days like 30 years ago when there was hardly anyone at Griffin Park. Um, it, it was a decent, de it was, you know, very slick. Um, I'll, I'll, because I'm not a million miles away from there, I'll probably pop down um, for several times to, to watch, watch those games. I don't think there'll be, you know, crowds like that. Um, every week, but it, I think it was yeah. It was I, I was impressed by the the whole evening. So uh, yeah, so uh, yeah. It was, as I just said, I just feel sorry for Stones Town to be honest. But there you go. Yeah, there they go. And then just talking about you know Stones Town. Uh, like I said, first week of the FA Cup, or first round of the FA Cup this weekend as well. And JB sort of quick to point out that you know our last because the thing about it is that and you know me I, I love a little reminisce right and I know a lot of fans come up to me especially fans who are newer fans and go listen we love to hear you when you reminisce about the old days that old historic days of Brentford we used to love the first round of the FA Cup you know what I'm saying because basically in those days that we were like the big boys you know if you were like the third division you know you were like the big boys who the non-league teams or maybe a lower fourth division team would want to play like i'm saying so <laughs> it sounds ridiculous but that was the case so you used to have fun and we always wanted to play non-league for me i always wanted to play non-league teams so i remember that time we played vs rugby went up to vs rugby um there's all sorts of different non-league teams that you know that you've actually really looked forward to going to because obviously you're going down to their little ground and you're going down there with you know quite a few fans compared to the fans that they've got and it's actually sort of quite a lot of fun so yeah, like i said to you first round of the fa cup is this week and uh you know the usual teams the usual sort of kind of you know i mean sheffield wednesday are going to be in the first round of the fa cup which is, which is ridiculous you know people like plymouth and all that lot going to be in the first round of the fa cup but jb's quick to point out that this was like our, our last time we played in the first round of the fa cup was 10 years ago 2013 2013 lady right and the team that we played, Staines Town. Do you remember the game? I do. Yeah, I do remember it. I've got other stats. I mean, I, I assume I think these were all first round games. I remember going to Hinkley as well. That was oh, yeah. that was that was a weird one. Yes. Um, Windsor and Eton. We yeah, had them. Well, we had um, them at home though, didn't we? Well, it was a away game, but they switched it. But so oh, yeah. yeah, and I, and I think um, I, I remember Farnborough as well. I don't know if that was first round or second round. That's, that's when Bernie was in the home end, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. So yeah. we've, we've had we've had we've had some we've had some good ones and we've had some shockers as well when we've gone out. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, I do remember that Staines Town game. Um, Marcus Gell being the manager yeah. of Staines at the time. Yeah, you know. exactly that. Exactly yeah. that. 
So yeah, no. For the first, you're right. For the first round FA Cup day, we always wanted to get Newport Isle White, didn't we? That's that right. Was, that was always, always, always wanted to do it. Not for, you know, not for any sensible reason. It was just that we wanted to get on a ferry and go go, go abroad. Go, go abroad. Yeah, we, we we go to we go to the states now. But at the time, <laughs> that would have been or actually knocking on the door of European competitions. But yeah. for us at the time, that would have been that would have been that was, that was political. And I remember we used to sit in the in the New Inn pub every yeah. every time they had the draw for the cup. And we were sitting there going, come on, Newport Island. And were, oh, no, we just missed it. Like, really wanted to go to Newport. We've got Newport um, County this year, but it didn't quite, quite count. The same. No. Didn't quite the same, is it? Yeah. So like I said to you, yeah, so stage up 10 years ago. So it's really weird. We played that Marcus Gale come on the pitch, give him a round of applause. We beat them. But little did we know that season, we ain't going to be in the first round of the FA Cup for a very, very long time. And that was just quite mad. So it just goes to show how time's moved on. But let's just bring it back to the game again at the weekend just looking at some stats from that game at the weekend um looking to see how the two teams played so uh, Brentford they created a high number of chances relative to our position we're also effective at creating goal scoring opportunities from the flanks and goal scoring opportunities from counter attacks we were strong at finishing we were poor we lost possession often and we also gave away a lot of free kicks around the box which is uh, something that we actually normally do as well Chelsea uh, they had no significant strengths and they were poor at finishing. Um, so look, looking at that top player, as far as who scored.com is concerned was Ethan Pinnock. Then it was Brian and Bumo. Um, not for some, some, for some bees fans out there who thought he's rubbish, but we won't talk about that. Then Nathan Collins, then Christopher Iyer, then Levi Colwell actually was the, the top Chelsea player with 7.1. So Ethan Pinnock was 8.5 and then the top Chelsea player was 7.1 with Levi Colwell, England player. Levi Colwell as well. Brian and Bubo had the most shots uh, in the game at four and then we had the, a few Chelsea players had a few shots. Jackson, Duque, uh, Cucurella and Silva as well. So listen, you know, just giving an idea as to kind of how how we panned out on that game and, you know, it, let's not say it wasn't a, wasn't a fluke as such but let's just say that I think that Thomas Frank knew exactly what we need. He knew exactly what he's doing and he actually did the business. Now, listen, we've talked about this game loads. We've given a little bit of statistical uh, information there. But what we're going to go is going to go to the king of the stats. We're going to go to the gowler from B's breakdown. He's going to give us the statistical and tactical lowdown on the Chelsea match and also going to look forward to the West Ham game. Hey, this is Jacob Galler with Bees Breakdown, here to do a Chelsea review and then talk about the West Ham match of the weekend. So, Brentford ended with 2.2 XG and Chelsea had 1.9. Chelsea had 17 shots, but only two of those were on target compared to Brentford's 7 shots with 5 shots on target. Uh, Chelsea held 69% possession, which you know was a result of Brentford's lack of high press. The Bees still use those like short stoppages in, in play, like throw-ins and goal kicks, to try to implement their press. But overall, they actually had their highest passes per defensive action (PPDA) of the season at 20.77. That basically just means that they sat back in their mid or low block and just allowed Chelsea to keep possession uh, without really getting into those dangerous areas. On the other end, Chelsea actually ended with 6.03 PPDA, which was the second lowest against the Bees so far this season. Tottenham recorded 5.87. 
the difference uh, was basically Brentford's plan to deal with Chelsea's high press. So they were able to, to pass out of that pressure and progress the ball without really relying on those those long passes. And it, it seemed like Thomas Frank was really starting to shift away from relying solely on counterattacks and, and direct long balls against big six sides, uh, which, you know, might be partly due to missing Ryan and Tony. Uh, but you, you kind of see Thomas Frank evolving his tactics a little bit, uh, which I think will be great for Brentford's long-term development. Uh, one statistic that may surprise some is Mark Flecken recorded 0.84 XG buildup. That basically just means he was involved heavily in possessions that led to creating XG. Uh, so that just goes to show how much Brentford relied on building out of the back, which started with Flecken drawing in Chelsea's high press and then passing out of it. I thought Iyer had another phenomenal performance recording three shot creating actions. He seemed to be even more dangerous from that left center back position. Uh, his teams really didn't expect those underlapping runs into the box. Uh, and then Nathan Collins led the squad with five tackles and interceptions. Norgard cleaned up everything else with nine ball recoveries. Uh, Pinnock won five out of six aerial duels and, as always, led the squad in clearances. All right, so now for that West Ham match. They're currently ninth in the Premier League above Brentford in 10th. However, they've given up 19.1 XGA, which is the fourth worst. West Ham only hold 40.9% possession, and they have the third highest PPDA, which means they're going to sit back and try to hit teams on the counter. They've had success this year against Brighton and Chelsea. They won both of those matches with 22 and 25% possession, but then they've struggled against teams where they have to hold more possession. They just lost to Everton last weekend while holding 64% possession. They're pretty efficient at scoring goals. They're actually overperforming their XG by two, and they have the second shortest average shot distance with Brentford having the first and a high percentage of their goals uh, per shot on target. West Ham create most of their shots from dead ball situations. Definitely expect lots of switches of play from West Ham combined with direct long balls. Interestingly, West Ham give up a lot of XG right after halftime, which has been a criticism of the squad switching off at times. I would expect Brentford to use similar situational pressing like they did against Chelsea, which may lead to a little bit of sitting back and then forcing West Ham into those wide areas. They're still going to allow them to get into the final third, but not into those central dangerous areas. There you go to Gowler. He's, uh, he's very happy. Over there in the States, like I said to you, he's broken it down for us. So we kind of know exactly what's going on. Like I said to you, check out B's breakdown on Twitter. Also go and check out his article. He puts an article up every week giving the statistical breakdown on the game. He's done one for the Chelsea game. He will be doing one for the West Ham game as well on bsotted.com. Um, the Gowler. He, he's, 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 listen, forget the facts and funk. We've, we've gone on with that, but you know, it's really interesting how he kind of breaks this down for us, isn't it? Yeah. And it's a, it's a, it's a proper bit of work he does there every week for us to be, to be, to be fair. And so thank him for that again, you know, to, to go through the game and uh, to literally, you know, analyze the performance and the moments where, you know, the, the, where the, where the game changes or the, you know, the, 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 the pivotal uh, tackles and, and plays and then have uh you know, a photograph, screen grab of, of that and, you know, annotate it. It takes a lot of work and um, for him to do that as quickly as he does. Uh, yeah, hats off to him. But yeah, it, it, it's interesting to, to, to kind of like see it in the cold light of day, look back at it in a bit more of a um, an analytical kind of way because, you know, we get wrapped. If you're there, 
you can't you, you don't get a great view you 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 kind of get wrapped up in the singing and the you know the goading and the, the encouraging and the jumping up and down and the, all, all that all those kind of raw match day being there in the, in the heat of the moment kind of vibes um you know having the having the ability to kind of sit there and uh you know go back almost frame by frame it's I, I'd, I'd like to do that um more often but um yeah i, I appreciate it. he does that for us mate yeah most definitely so listen that's the chelsea game done and dusted for now we're going to look forward we've got west ham coming at the weekend we could have actually been playing West Ham two games in a row if we actually pulled our finger out and actually beat Arsenal in the League Cup in the last round. But of course, they beat us and they played Chelsea. Oh, they played West Ham. They didn't play Chelsea. They played Chelsea a week before. As Chelsea fans keep on telling us, oh, playing Brentford isn't quite like playing Chelsea, um, playing Arsenal. Um, but West Ham, right, okay. West Ham, right, they're in, the, they're in the house. They're coming to Brentford. They played Arsenal in the midweek. They had a bit of a result against Arsenal in the week. So their tails are going to be swinging. They're going to be swinging. They're going to be very, very happy. Tell you what we're going to do. We're going to go over to West Ham to Andy Payne, the West Ham fan. He's going to give us the lowdown on West Ham. Well, good morning, everybody. Um, my name's Andy Payne. Uh, I'm a West Ham supporter all my life. It's a life sentence and a curse, obviously. Uh, unlike being a Brentford supporter, of course. Um, I am a committee member at Hammers United, the biggest uh, independent fan group at West Ham, over 20,000 members. I also sit on the Independent Supports Committee, which is a group of um, independent um, fan groups which liaises with the club. Yet to see exactly um, how we, we, we get much out of West Ham, but we're trying, you know. Um, and you can find more information about us at hammersunited.com if you so wish. Uh, occasionally do a podcast um, called Forever Blowing Bubbles, which is available at all good podcast depots. Um, so I'm here today to talk to you uh, and give you my thoughts <laughs> on the game that we, West Ham, fear most. Yep, playing Brentford. Doesn't matter if it's home or away, this is the game we fear most. But we'll come on to that in a minute. Quick summary of last season. Well, for us, obviously winning the uh, UEFA Conference League um, final in Prague, which I was very fortunate to be at with my brilliant um, wife, Kirsty, and loads of mates. We beat Fiorentina 2-1 in the last minute. Uh, Jared Bowen scored, and then we had seven minutes of <laughs> added time. I think I aged even 20 years or something. But that was amazing. Bluntly, uh, it masked a very ordinary, and I would say backward season for West Ham. and probably unpopular for saying that. But West Ham have been on a slightly downward tra trajectory, um, really since, since we were on the upward trajectory during lockdown. Um, and I think that masked a lot. But what it did do, it gave us a it gave us a trophy for the first time since 1980 when we had the uh, we beat Arsenal in the FA Cup final, uh, the last second division team to do that, and um, it gave us a bit of, a lot of pride. And I think also it helped has definitely helped to attract um, you know some, some good signings. Uh, we've had a decent start to the season. But the last few weeks have been uh, have been pretty poor, actually, with the exception last night of, could I say thrash Arsenal? Probably not on the stats, but we've beaten 3-1. So for us, that's a massive, massive win. 
Um, but the signings that we made pre-season, obviously we knew Declan Rice was um, was leaving. I knew he was going to go to Arsenal. Why? Because I met his dad in a pub in Cheltenham at the racing and that's where he told me he wanted to go. That was in March. Um, so I'm a big Declan Rice fan. I think I think Arsenal fans will be big Declan Rice fans. And after last night, the majority of West Ham fans are still Declan Rice fans, despite what they might tell you. He went for 105 million, and for once, West Ham have spent that money wisely. Um, we bought in James Ward-Prowse from Southampton. He's been very, very good for us. A steady player, um, very legendary, uh, dead ball, you know, player, and so on. Um, but also, we've uh, we brought in Mohamed Kudus from Ajax and Alvarez from Ajax. And both those players have been, um, so far, I would say, exceptional. Um, so that's all good news. Um, the manager, David Moyes, it's safe to say is a kind of... It's almost a very small version of the Arsene Wenger discussion that Arsenal fans had a few years ago before, before Arsene finally left. There's those that like Moyes, there's those that dislike him. No one hates him. No one loves him. It's a like or dislike situation. I think his contract is coming to the end at the end of this season. And I think unless something spectacular happens, like we win the FA Cup, maybe the Carabao Cup, or the Europa League, which is highly unlikely, I, I can't see that contract being renewed. And the reason I say that is because um, we've recruited a guy called Tim Steiton, who's, who's in charge of our recruitment. And without him, we wouldn't have made the signings we've made um, at all. And, and I think he is already on the hunt for a new manager. So, West Ham, you heard it here first, might even have a succession policy. Um, we're a decent squad, uh, but I think suffice to say, um, sometimes motivation, I mean all football teams are the same, you look at Manchester United last night against Newcastle, but motivation, just sometimes the levels don't, don't hit. Now that takes us on to one of Brentford's favourite players, Saeed Benrahma. Brilliant that he scored the penalty in the Europa Conference League final in Prague last year. Fantastic, so pleased for the fella. I love him, I, I really love him. I think he's a confidence player. Some would say most players are confidence players. Um, but David Moyes has always, I think, struggled to, to give him a run in the team properly. You know, he's forever coming on as a substitute, usually when we're up against it. Um, but let's see. I, I like him. Other fans like him. Some dislike him. Um, again, I don't think it's a love and hate situation at all with Said. He's a, he's, a, he's a really good guy um, all round. So we'll, we'll, we shall see. But we come on to the game. <laughs> and I'm laughing because every time we play Brentford, we lose. Uh, apart from the uh, FA Cup, I think, yeah. So we've played you four times in the Premier League. And by the way, I think it's great that Premier, I want Brentford in the Premier League. Uh, I think they're a great club, well run, um, and an example to, to all clubs of what, what, what football club should be. But you always score two against us and you always beat us. Um, before last night, I was going to come on this and say, I think we'll probably go to Brentford and lose 2-0. <laughs> now, I still think you'll score two against us on Saturday. So I reckon the score is going to be 2-0, 2-1, 2-2, or 2-3. As a betting person, I would say it's likely 
to go in your favour and you'll win the game. This is a mid-table, early season, mid-table, well, early season? Yeah, kind of early season, mid-table clash. Uh, I'm pleased to see Brentford um, beating Chelsea. I'm sure you're more pleased than I am, but it's a close-run thing. Um, uh, but it's good to see Brentford, uh, and especially Thomas Frank and everything he stands for and what he does for the club uh, and the group of players that you've got. It's really good to see um, Brentford, I think, you know, excelling, frankly. Um, and I think you can. I think there's 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 a good future for Brentford. I think it's consolidating themselves in it, like us in the Premier League after years of not really been do, doing very much. Players that we always fear. I mean, obviously, it's a bonus for us that Ivan Tony's not playing. Um, a massive bonus for us. Um, but you know, and Bueno is always a dangerous player against us, and Wissa too. So I expect those two to get on the score sheet. I must admit, I was impressed with Pinnock last week. I thought I liked the look of him against Chelsea. And I really liked his interview on Match of the Day. He seemed like a sort of proper geezer and, 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 and a nice bloke. So those are the players that we always fear. Uh, Nordgaard's always a, a good engine in midfield and Jensen too, if he plays. Um, we, however, are in trouble because Pakatar and Alvarez are both suspended. And they are big losses for us. Two of our better players, if not best players, in, 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 in the shape of Pakatar. Alvarez has been absolutely fantastic. So I think that means, bluntly, that we are going to be struggling against you, despite the, 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 the fillip of beating Arsenal last night in a manner which was, um, which was quite, uh, for us, quite unusual. Um, so that's that. Um, so I'm saying, I'm calling it that Brentford beat us. I'm calling it that you're going to score two. Um, and there's an outside chance that Jared Bowen and Mohamed Kudus may. And Mohamed Kudus has been sensational for us and getting better and better. And Bowen's just scoring in every game. So, you know, we could get 2-2 draw. You never know. Uh, that's it. I wish you the best. Sincerely, <laughs> I love Brentford and everything it stands for. Uh, I love Billy B. He's a great fella. Um, we had a fantastic time in Qatar together. Um, absolute honour to know him. Uh, and the work that he does for Brentford and all his friends is just amazing. So there you go. Thank you very much indeed. Come on, you irons. I'm for blowing bubbles and all that kind of stuff. Um, we wish you the very, very best. By the way, you are the new Luton. Okay, We've got a thing with Luton where we always get beaten by Luton. But one little thing for West Ham fans. We beat Luton this year. Uh, this season went away to them early doors and beat them 2-1 in August and that was different and Brighton are also a la Brentford always beat us and we went there and won which was astonishing so you never know things might change anyway I wish you the very very best all of you uh, keep smiling it's only a game of football it's only sport but, um, but it ruins our weekend <laughs> when we lose and it makes our weekend so much better when we win and it's Saturday at 3 o'clock, which is unusual. All right, then. May the best team win. Take care. Lots of love. Bye. There you go, Andy. West Ham. He's very happy. Because he saw his team win a cup in Europe last season. And doesn't matter what cup it may be. You know, as a football fan, you just want to have a good day out, see your team win and enjoy yourself. And that's what he did. He's been supporting them for years and years and years. 
and yeah he loved it you know what i'm saying so you know i don't care what team you can't take away that away from any football fan them in watching their team go and enjoy themselves you have sometimes you've got years of misery and then you might have one year of joy and that makes up for all them years of misery and i think that andy you know he's even talked about maybe having a few years they had the move from upton park to to west ham the new stadium which hasn't gone particularly well at times and you know there's just certain things which kind of make you think mm. but then you get moments like that and it makes you feel happy so as football fans you do feel happy for all real football fans when that happens and also like i said to you i met andy out in qatar at the uh, at the world cup and we had some great nights together him and Kirsty and and the crew out there so it's great to meet him and like I said to you hopefully he's not going to be smiling at the end of Saturday but uh, Lady West Ham they've had a bit of a peculiar season haven't they because they they were looking a little bit kind of shaky and wobbly the result I mean they lost to Everton I mean we lost to Everton so maybe that's just a thing for teams like us but then they've just gone and beaten Arsenal in the cup and given them a little bit of a bit of a hiding you know um so you, you kind of just don't really know with that team do you no because you're right. I thought you know they started the season all right, but their their league form in the in the current you know in the current field by the past few games has been pretty stinky. You know, and obviously the uh, the win against Arsenal uh, last night will will make up for a lot of that. But yeah, I, I'm I, I'm looking forward to them coming because you know our our, our record against them is, is pretty decent. Um, they won't be looking forward to coming back to the G Tech. Uh, um, and uh, I think we'll I think we'll be up for it. You know, our towers are a bit up. We we have got the we have got the beating of them. They're a good team on their day as well. Let's not let's not take anything for granted at all. But uh, yeah, I think I think it, it's a game that, that kind of suits us. It's it's a it's a game that we won't be um, kind of like having to go ta- too too super tactical like we did last week. I think we go more toe to toe with West Ham. It will be a more open game. We'll 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 attack them. Um, you know they're they're better than Burnley. Let's be honest. But I think I think it will be that kind of performance. We have to get get out the blocks quick. We have to get the tempo of the game right. We have to go for the jugular and we have to take our chances. So uh, I, I, yeah, I, it's a game I'm really looking forward to, mate. Yeah, I'm just I mean just looking at where their strengths and weaknesses are. I mean they're they're strong at counter attacking. They're strong at creating chances. Uh, through individual skill they're also strong at creating scoring chances which you know because going to cause a few problems there where they're weak keeping possession of the ball avoiding offside protecting the lead avoiding fouling in dangerous areas defending set pieces and they're very weak at defending against through ball attacks their style of play is they attempt three balls often long balls they like to attack down the left they take lots of shots they pretty much got the same first 11 and they like to play in their own half now, again, with Brentford, we've had a couple of, you know, results that haven't quite gone our way. We've been unlucky with some of those results. But on the other hand, you know, we know kind of where we are, uh, our strengths are, you know, hitting people on the break. You know, defensively, actually, I think we've been we've been excellent. You know, our defence has kind of matured over the last uh, month or so. You know, Ayer's been looking great. Even Roslev has kind of, sort of started to do things, you know, not saying he was bad before, but it's almost like this, this defence has started to mature. So, you know, maybe the strengths of West Ham, we might be able to handle it and deal with that. Yeah, they, they struck me really as a as a cup team the last couple of years. I mean, they you know, uh, their league form's erratic, um, you know, but they have got, they've got players like Bowen, um, we know about Sai Benrahma, he seems, he's, he seems to be permanently out of favour, but, he, he, you know, he, he got minutes last night. Because he wants um, to come home, isn't it? Sir Cech always comes up with, with goals, um, 
they, they have got some really, really classy players, um, and they're they're a decent team. But I think I think we're very similar. Um, let's, let's be honest with you. You know, I think they're more established at this level. But I, I think I don't think there's a, a huge gulf between the two teams as as the uh, as the you know the last the few results has, has panned out. But you look fairly recently. They got they got battered at, um, at Aston Villa four one, um, and you know they they you know they beat. But they, but again, they flip that. They, they can beat Chelsea, but so is everyone, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, lady, I mean, 100% record. Brentford have got 100% record in the league against West Ham since we've come in the Premier League. So we've beaten them four times out of four. Um, do you think that counts for anything? So, like I said, I'm a little bit of a person who uh, it doesn't really that doesn't really count because the historic stuff doesn't count for me. Uh, although saying that, there might be a psychological thing with some of these teams. So you could go, oh no, we're playing Brentford again. Oh, they're our bogey team, and maybe they just might come into the game not prepared. Right? What do you think? Yeah, I, I, you can't read anything into that. It's, it, it has been brilliant to, to have beaten them four times out of four in, in the league. Uh, it's, it, but but sat, you know, Saturday, it, none, none of that counts for anything. And you know, Thomas Frank will know that. It's, it's only about what happens on Saturday. We, we, we know that we, we don't go to them thinking, oh my God, we're jinxed. You know, we, we, you know, we never beat this lot. I think, I think that flip flip side for them. I think it's it's more of a psychological thing. They'll be very respectful. They should be about about us. Um, so they may not be quite as confident of going like literally toe to toe. They might be more tactical, but you know, I, well, let's see how it pans out. But I, I, I think it's the making of a, of a cracker. I, I, I say you know more chance of it being a draw than another another win. But you know, we've we, we've won we've we've won the last couple of games, and that allows us to to maybe not you know not have to win. This isn't isn't a, a must win game, but you know what? Why would I think we we, we won't win? You know, I, I, I think the Burnley game has has shown that we 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 are on our day. You know, when when we get the we when we get the kind of like the out the blocks um, mentality right, we 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 can really make teams struggle. So, so uh, listen, you've just teed it up for me, Laney. So about talk about winning or losing. So what's the score prediction? You reckon? I'm going to go for two nil Brentford win. Actually, oh right, I'm going to go for a one nil win to the mighty mighty bees. And uh, Ben Rama, do you think he wants to come home? I'm sure he'd love to. I mean, after seeing the reception that Neil Morpay's got, I think uh, yeah, he'd be mad if he didn't. But it's, I, it ain't going to happen. I don't know. I mean, and, and will this be a return to the B? MW. Well, we've, um, we've got Goddos back. We've got more payback, so yeah, we don't rule it out. BMW. Let's say BM. But what be the what be the what be the what? Oh, BMW could be the Wisa, couldn't it? So the Ben Rama Morpay Wisa. Oh, driver of Watkins back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but listen, listen. Ooh. It's just a new maybe Mark Four or Mark uh, uh, Five. Well, have you noticed, Bill? Before we before we go, have you noticed that um, Ivan Tony has not played a game? This this season and his and his his supposed value has jumped from sixty million to a hundred million and he hasn't even kicked the ball. That's Apparently, in a Sky right. Sky Sky Sports yesterday reporting that Brentford have, have slapped a hundred million pound um, price on his head and we're going to keep him till the end of the season. Now, you know whether you believe the keeping till the end of the season, that seems to be more of a threat to people that want him, but. Um, 
hundred million in January. Would you say that, mate? Uh, yes. Well, I, I'm going to say it. Let's just say that, you know, as we know, we got our sources, and I did hear beforehand as well uh, about the idea of like Ivan Tony as price going. To, I mean, a lot of people were saying fifty million, and <laughs> that was laughed yeah, right. out of town. That was laughed mm. out of town. The price was. Um, going close to that 100 billion and also it was a case of that if we do sell Ivan Tony it's going to be on our terms as well because they don't have to sell him they don't have to do anything and probably if anything you know Ivan Tony does owe us something as well you know what I'm saying he can't you know he can't get angry you know if we decide not to sell him at one particular stage because he hasn't played for us for eight months or nine months so I think I think we're in quite a good position and we're even a better position because you know as we said there's only one more relegation place left most probably and uh, you know we just beat Everton three nil so i think we're in a good position when it comes to january if we were if we were scrapping around the relegation zone i think it might be different but i think the fact that we're not i think it actually puts in a great place to think you're silly if we want to and if we don't want to it's not a problem at all Burnley three nil you meant but yes i know i know know what you mean yes we're not we're certainly not looking over our shoulders so yeah let's see let's see what happens in january but i still think whatever happens with ivan tony it is a massive transfer window you know we'd be crazy to sit on our laurels now it's you we have to we have to buy players we have to we have to kind of get this evolution going on i do expect incomings um regardless of whatever happens with mr tony so yeah watch this space that's right that's right but anyway this is the besotted pride of west london podcast thanks for listening uh, don't forget to buy us a beer besotted.com forward slash beer thanks to everyone who's bought us a beer don't forget to subscribe to us on all good podcast channels and write us a review and it all goes up in the charts and everything like that and people are very happy about us but like i said to you we had great fun at chelsea on saturday going back to listen to that podcast on pride of west.london because you will it'll make you laugh it'll make you chuckle you don't even have to be a brentford fan to listen to it be a, be a west ham fan be anybody it was wicked um but we will see you on saturday we're going to be in the pubs nice and early we'll be in the pubs after the game west ham fans if you're coming down you can go to any pub around there you can wear your colors and just respectful and you can have a drink with us and you'll be okay but like i said to you we've got laney in the place good afternoon um billy b in the house see you mate it's me and uh, thank you very much. We do so. We're going to come on now. We go blowing bubble. As we say, buy us a beer. Come on, come <laughs> on, you bees. Come on, you bees. Blowing bubbles, you bees. Blow them, bubbles. In the air. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.